Next on Rugby Wrap-Up, a Major League Rugby mystery guest whose success has stunned the league. Plus, Brian Ray, Dan Power, and Matt McCarthy with MLR gossip, opinion, and previews. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up in this week's edition of our Major League Rugby show with Dan Power and Brian Ray. Brian, once again, we, we feel your pain, so we'll welcome you in. Uh, it looks like you got a little bit of the Nola Gold going there, and Rooney. And Can you explain the backdrop? Yeah, it's been a tough uh, couple of weeks for us Aeros fans. So we had Nola last week. We didn't quite make the show, some technical difficulties. So I didn't want to shortchange them. So there they are, Nola, and of course, New York this past weekend, giving them their dues. All right, Dan, how are you? I mean, you've been bouncing all over the place. Hey. Good, mate. Good. Good. Ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're interrupting what we normally do with a recap because we have a special mystery guest who is going to stymie, flummox, and bamboozle the experts that are Dan Power and Brian Ray. Well, the way the mystery guest segment works is that these two are going to ask you each one question, four rounds, and then they're going to retain what they think is the answer till they are asked. They can't guess in advance, okay? Because they get awfully cocky, these, these, these pundits. So we'll start with Brian Ray, who's had a horrible season as a Toronto Arrows fan. Brian, first question. Are you a player of the current uh, on a major league rugby roster? Nah, mate. If you were a breed of dog, what breed would you be? Shih Tzu. <laughs> Any interest? I have a bulldog. Any interest in some crossbreeding? That's a second, Dan. That would be a second sorry. question. So we're going to strike that. I apologize, Matthew. Yeah, strike that, Dan. Don't don't try. I, I'm on to you guys. Have you played international rugby in the past five years? Oh no. Are you better looking than Brian Ray? Oh, it's just a given. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far, I'm guessing Southern Hemisphere, guys, with that accent. Um, well, I was thinking George Clooney, Brad Pitt. I mean, Brian Ray's the upper echelon. Gerard Butler, maybe. Uh, oh, he's fat now, too. Yeah. And you say he was fat. Gerard yeah. Butler played a little rugby. Did you play rugby on the West Coast of the United States? Yeah. Are you involved in Major League Rugby in some capacity now? Yes. Are you a player or a coach? Coach. Are you attached with the LA Guiltinis? Nah, I, I think I know who it is. Did you get the expense report approved for picking up my bar tab the other week? Nah. I'm sorry, I'll Venmo you. Is your uh, team in the that you are affiliated with in the Eastern Conference? Nah. Pretty sure, uh, are, you, are you an old teammate of mine? Yes. Oh. Brian, I'm going to give you a final shot here. He's slipping in. Dan Dan might know who he is. I don't want to steal Dan's thunder. He obviously knows who it is, and I won the last one, so I'm, I'm waving the white flag. God damn, God damn it. Don't be so polite. All right, Dan, what do you got? Uh, the best footwork of any front row player ever to wear the USA jersey. It's my man, Sean Pittman. There he is. <laughs> there he is. They're almost twins. Poor Look at us. Look Good at this. Accent, baby. Great accent. Old, old glasses, beard, and bald. You and me, buddy, till the end. Oh, I know. I actually had hair at the beginning of the season. It's, it's just gone somewhere. I don't know. So, guys, we've, we've got arguably coach of the year here with the Utah Warriors. And you're coming down here, 
Sean. And <laughs> we just keep winning. We keep, I, I've been, I, I, I always thought it was a ruse. I, you know, your, your early start didn't really lend a lot of confidence. And then boom, you win some big ones and you can play 80 minutes of rugby. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's been great. It's been, it's been really good. And, you know, the, the start of the season was a bit rocky, but I mean, that's, uh, it is what it is. I mean, every team's had a rocky point in their season. So, you know, that, that, was our, that was ours early on. So I'm happy that's over and we're on to a bit of a streak right now. And we'll just see what happens over the last two weeks. You know, obviously Chris Latham was originally supposed to be in, in charge. Um, you know, aside from when the public found out, when you personally found out, did you have any inkling that that, that was going to happen and he was going to step away? And what was your immediate reaction? Um, well, when he... Uh, Yeehaw! Woohoo! Yeah, I'm the coach! I think that was probably the. <laughs> no, no, I, no I, I, the first thing I thought about. Yeah, I was just like, oh, sh- oh shoot, like I gotta, we gotta actually do this now. Like being an assistant coach is like, you know, being an assistant coach, you like just you do your job, you get by, like you you do your part of the game, and then with Chris leaving and you know having to take over defense, where you know it hasn't been our strong suit this year. It's my first time kind of coaching it, so it's uh you know it's been a fun learning experience through that process, but. You know, in the transition, I found out on Tuesday and we announced it on Wednesday, you know, that that that, that was kind of the situation that was happening. And, you know, my, my first thing was, hey, let's let's get all of our ducks in a row. Like, let's get all of our roles and responsibilities right as a staff. And hopefully, you know, we'll be in a good spot, um, you know, and I'm, I, I'm very lucky to have the individuals that, you know, with Sean and and Matt um, around me as well. Like those guys are awesome. And, you know, on the guidance of our of our you know leadership from the top and it's just been it's been amazing uh it's been an amazing experience this year and there's been a lot of support you know especially on our on-field staff with with each other we've really bonded and we've come really close um and you got a great fan base too you got that great stadium it's got a lot of fans all the time they they know rugby yeah it's awesome i mean we we walk out of locker it's great because like you know we went to houston and we had like gosh i want to say close to 50 people traveled to that game you know, and there's people in this, you know, uh, you know, we're in Houston and there's people at our hotel, like, like yeah, we're here walking around, you know, it was amazing. It's, it's, it's been a really good experience and it's been challenging, of course, but it's been a really good experience and I'm very thankful for it. Once you find out your coach, what were some of the main things that you wanted to imprint on the Utah side? Like what were some of the things that you wanted at the end of the year to look back on as like achievements that you could make personally for that side? Um, I think that the massive thing was just kind of accountability and um, what we like, my big thing is just like, you know, we were small staff. So I wanted to create like this self-policing culture, which has been absolutely amazing. So like people like they self-police each other phenomenally. Like I, I, I don't get involved in stuff. It's awesome. Like I don't, there's no need to, the boys look after each other. Um, and that's really nice. So that was like one of the things I wanted. And I wanted to be really honest with players. So like, and that's something I think uh, our whole staff is like, we just, we just said no fluff. Like, we're going to be really honest with you about where you sit within the team and, and where, you know, as a player in the past, you like, oh, you're like, oh, my God, the coach is lying to me. Like, that's not, yeah. that's not what like to be. Yeah. So like, we've just been like, listen, buddy, like you're not, you're not there yet. Like you probably need like another, like, you know, we've, we have some really talented players. Like this, we have a prop named Elijah Hayes and we chatted to him and he's, he knows where he sits this year, you know, in his development and stuff like that. 
Um, and there's other players that are like biting at the bit, like, you know, they're the 24th, 25th guy and they know where they sit, you know, and uh, us being honest with them only gives them, you know, more power to develop. And they're like, okay, well, I only need to work on these three things to improve and hopefully get a crack at the squad. You've got some serious stuff on your hands because you've got the international tests mm-hmm. and players being taken away from you. Who, who did you lose? Well, we, so we lost well, six altogether. So we wow. lost, um, for the U.S. team, we lost five, which was Calvin, Mika, uh, Mikey, Paul, and uh, Baska. And then for Canada, it was uh, Fraser Hurst. Um, and, the, you know, the cool thing with us is um, you know, we don't care. Like, we're happy. Like, if Gary's going to select more, take more Gary. Like, same thing with Canada. You know, if we, you know, um, Hank, our other Canadian guy, if you want him, take him. Like, that's an experience that's uh, invaluable to their development. You know, and, you know, we're not trying to hold them back from the person or the player that they're going to be. And we very much want them to have those experiences in life because when they come back, you know, especially with those guys that are going to play England and Ireland and they come back to play L.A. And then you're like, they're like, OK, well, we, just, we just played like England. who's number, you know, you know, in Ireland. Like, so it's like, yeah. you know, it's going to be really good experiences for these guys to then share with the other guys that, you know, are, are still working towards being a part of the U.S. teaming, the Canadian squad. The Warriors are an interesting side in that you've got a, kind of a group of guys who've been there since day one. But then mm-hmm. you also, you know, this year, notably, we, we, you got in Paul Mullen, you got Mikey Teo, Aston Fortain, um, you know, and you add these guys, uh, Ali Khalifi coming in from Seattle, these, these veterans yeah. coming in. How has that dynamic been for you as a coach? I mean, how much are you leaning on these kinds of experienced guys around training? Yeah, no, I mean, massively. I mean, like, you know, having Mikey Teo come in and he's very much like a, a like, a, he, you know, Mikey Teo, like he's the standard king. Like we're high standards, you know, and we want to have fun in those high standards. So he, he does a really good job of helping all the other players around him. Always the same way. Um, you know, and other, the other guys that have Paul Mullen, the guys that have come in. And that's the great thing about our front row is Paul's come in. He's challenged Angus, who Angus has improved massively. And like, there's been a really good development within that front row squad um that's you know have just kept increasing that and then having Aston come in um you know as a four lock um you know and and the other individuals that have been a part of the team it's just been amazing and that's the nice thing is like we do a decent job of of vetting people to to fit in the environment that you know from last year this year so those newer guys coming in like you know we have a unique environment you know and um and it's even dynamically has it has changed quite a bit since you know you know, Sean and myself and Matt have taken over uh, completely. So it's like, you know, our, our culture is very, very much, you know, it's going to change constantly. It's just culture. So, but like the cool thing is, it's like we have something that's really, really good right now. And those guys have just added to it. And having you know, the old heads like Lance, Saya, Matt Jensen, who have been here since day one, uh, you know, Angus have been here since day one and know the experiences that they've had in, you know, and, you know, losing games, being, you know, four points away and all this stuff. And then when those guys come in, you know, we're down at halftime or we're down at like at the 20, like, you know, last, you know, the last 20 minute, you know, segment of the water break. And they're like, guys, we're going to, we're going to easily win this. Let's go. Let's get this, you know, and like having those guys lead the charge, like that, that's, it's quite meaningful to know that we've, we've given those guys enough confidence just to be like, Hey, these guys have a crack and you know, whatever happens, happens and back yourselves and everything you do. So it's been, it's been good. It's been really good to have those guys. Congratulations, man. It's, it's just such great. It's a great thing for the league to have you guys mm-hmm. so good and so competitive, particularly after the first couple of three years in the league and 
mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of like, oh, they play great for 60 minutes and then they fade. And you have completely yeah. turned that around. It's credit to you and the organization and the guys. Yeah, you talked about accountability and self-regulation within the playing group. Who drew mm-hmm. the short straw of having to regulate Sayu Hiller? And if there's no one, do you want me to come in and take care of him for you? Actually, the amazing thing is he, he manages himself. He's, he's terrifying, Sean. Yeah, he's terrifying, but man, the greatest team guy. Like yeah. he will buy food for the boys. He'll look after. He, so he runs like he's a super successful businessman here in Utah. Super successful. And uh, like, you know, he runs like a restoration business and he gives, you know, gives guys jobs and things like that. He looks after the boys really, really well. And I can't think like for his guidance this year and him helping, you know, us with our culture and stuff like that. And his guidance has been, gosh, invaluable. It's been phenomenal for me uh, in, our, in our coaching group. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to say if you want to take any other Canadians down there and, and make them stars like Fraser Hurst looks like he's turning into, uh, feel free, take them all. <laughs> well, that's out of events for Brian Ray here in this <laughs> well, Melbourne 2021. That's what we want. We just want more domestic guys. That's what we want. And Canada counts as domestic in this league. So there you have it. A very diplomatic answer by Coach <laughs> Pittman there. Oh, that's awesome. Sean, thank you for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Sean Pittman, the head coach of the Utah Warriors. Thank you very much. We'll be right back after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has a taste and the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. Rugby News with Dan Power, the voice of Major League Rugby. Gentlemen, we've got a short week, but a very key week coming up. Uh, not Kiwi, a key week coming up. And we, our first matchup is Seattle going into San Diego. Ryan, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, well, this one isn't quite as pivotal because both teams are now out of the race. San Diego lost to Austin, so that ended their uh, hopes of the playoff. But look, this is a chance for Seattle to kind of exact some uh, revenge on their, you know, their big rivals. Of course, they uh, played against each other in that final in 2019. So, you know, I kind of like how Seattle is trending in this one, and I'm not too keen on how San Diego is trending. Uh, You know, they should have been up for those, those big games, and they weren't. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm really tempted to actually pick uh, Seattle heading in this one on the road. And uh, what the heck, we'll go for it. Seawolves uh, in a low-scoring, low surprisingly low-scoring game against uh, San Diego. The road dog he's taken, Dan. This is, a, this is an interesting match. This is the matchup of the finalists, as he says, for the last title game in Major League Rugby history. And the reigning champions, do they have the teeth left in that Seawolf mouth to, to knock off the Legion? They've gone close, haven't they? Like uh, probably in the last five or six weeks, they've been knocking at the door and 
eventually, you know, you think they're going to upset someone. This could be the week. But wouldn't it be San Diego looking for revenge? They lost the final, not the other way around. But, yeah, the cellar dwellers give them a little kick when they're down. I meant revenge on the season, basically, because they're. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, I'm with they're you. the opposite of the of the of the Utah Warriors in that they have lost all those games in heartbreaking fashion, whereas the Warriors have won a bunch. <laughs> you know, for the other team's heartbreak, right? Yeah. I think uh, I think San Diego is going to hold serve in this one. I think at home they're at home. They're in San Diego. They've got some very good players, and I think it's going to be just a really tight match. Another heartbreaking loss for the SeaWolves. The next one up, New York at New England. And, Dan, your New England has turned out to be my San Diego. I picked San Diego to come out of the West. That didn't happen. New England, a disappointing performance last week. Can they remedy that and play better against a pretty threadbare New York squad? Yeah, hard to tell, right? So, the announcement comes out uh, as we're recording that Ryan Martin is off to the Melbourne Rebels next year. Uh, Effectively... They get knocked out of the playoff race last weekend. So two blows to the organization. They did announce a move. They're going to a new home in Quincy, uh, the veteran stadium there. It looks, looks gorgeous. So that's a positive, but hard to tell. New York just have so much more to play for. Right? They can pretty much go a long way to locking down the East here and stopping that Nola resurgence uh, if they get a win and a bonus point win over the Free Jacks. So I had this circled as the game make or break for New England, but not anticipating that loss to Nola Gold, obviously. So, yeah, it's going to be – it's tough to look past New York in this one. I think New York just with more to play for. And, Brian, you're obviously a fan of New York and of Nola, foreshadowing the final game of the season with your background. How do you look at this one? objectively if you're a new york fan yeah well i think you have to be a little bit uh you know disappointed even though they beat toronto they didn't look super sharp and were maybe a little bit fortunate for a somewhat controversial call which we'll uh talk about some other time um the other thing to think about is new york aren't going to have their international guys and i'm not sure you know if andy ellis is going to be back for this one or not uh, so kind of probably won't be back for this one yeah, so, you know, uh, they're going to be a little bit uh, short, this lineup that they're going to bring out. So that's not great. But on the other hand, as Dan pointed out, uh, New England are awfully deflated after that loss to NOLA. Uh, this is their actually their last game at Union Point Stadium before they make that move to the new stadium. So, uh, you know, there's something on the line for them, something to prove. So I think this will be a, a close one. But I have to lean towards New York, who ha- really have to win this if they're going to stave off uh, NOLA, who is suddenly racking up wins in the road. New York is likely to get Kara Pryor back and Holland's head back at 10. That would be an enormous boost for them. Uh, but they are losing quite a few players. Uh, so this could be a really tough match for New York on the road. But I think they're going to, I think they're going to win it. I don't know about the, I don't know if about the five point bonus point win. I don't think that's going to happen to be honest with you, but old glory going into Toronto, Atlanta, Ontario. Yeah, if only it'll be nice to hear <laughs> Toronto actually playing in Toronto next year. Boy, will that be fun. Uh, you know, this is another one, too. Two teams that are out of it. Um, 
but you know, Toronto's brought in some new players. They got Sam Malcolm back. He finally took the field uh, last week against New York. So great to have him back. They're breathing a little bit of life. If they can just get that little bit of accuracy, you can see that, you know, the lineouts weren't on when uh, Joe Tomlinson came in, you know, if they another week of practice, they'll straighten that out a little bit more. Uh, so I, I like Toronto's chances in this one. Uh, Old Glory really got beat up against ATL. Um, you know, it'll be the young, uh, young American guys. And again, they're going to lose Fatanata Schultz and Dubulis. A couple other guys, so they'll be a bit more depleted for this one. And so Michelangelo Sassini, forget yeah, and, that guy, right? And Sassini, that guy as well. So, uh, and Stan South, their second row is out for the season with an injury. So, I'm going to go with the arrows in this one. So, who is going to be playing for the arrows? Well, I mean, it, we've got uh, Tukulet. Sam right this time. Uh, Montero could be back for this one as well. Uh, the Uruguayos are gone, but I mean, you still got Giuseppe uh, Dutois in the midfield. Uh, you know, Mitch Richardson scored a, a try uh, last week. Sam Malcolm again, he's in. Ronan Foley, this Ireland under 20 back row. Who's Did you say Bernard well. Foley? <laughs> Ronan Foley, possibly oh. related, a distant cousin maybe of Bernard. So, uh, you know, they'll have a decent side uh, out for this and this new. Alessandro Jeanlin, Rob Brower, uh, they've got some guys. Uh, Rob Brower, I was watching him. I, I just, I was just focusing on him all the whole game, just watching him. He's a, he's an amazing man. And it was cool that they all wore their club socks, but it's unfortunate that the league just decided to find find them two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Send the bill to Gilchrist. Just kidding. That's all joke. Arrows fans, save your letters, Dan. Uh, listen, I'm just going to make a request of both these sides. You're out of the playoffs. Do not take the points. Have fun. Quick tap. Like, let play some fun rugby. Like, you've got nothing to lose. This one's going to be on Fox Sports One. Big audience. Have some fun. Just let it all hang out. Good point. From your own 10 meter line. Like, go absolutely berserk. Throw the ball around. I don't want to see one completed tackle. I just want to see. <laughs> 76 to 75 final score. Don't care who wins, but just have fun. Good points. Very good points. I, I concur. I concur. And I think uh, I'm, I'm going to go one more time to my brothers from the north because they just – and it's 4th of July, right? 4th of July? What's, what's better than a Canadian team winning in Atlanta on the 4th of July against a team that ha- sports the flag? No, I, I just changed my mind. I just talked myself out of it. I got to go with Old Glory on the 4th of July. Who's getting new? Old Glory on the 4th of July. America, if yeah. New Orleans going to Los Angeles. This is as difficult a situation that New Orleans has been in all year. They've lost players for the international tests. They're in a must-win must situation pretty much. And they're going against the Giltinis in L.A., and they really haven't been zinged by the international test poll, Brian. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, LA has had a, quite a few injuries. They, you know, been pretty shorthanded the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I mean, Nola's losing half their team, really, and the consequential players as well. Uh, you know, both starting props are gone. Cam Dolan is gone. Uh, uh, you know, Andrew Guerra, their their breakout flanker is gone. Uh, you, you just uh, they don't have Lockie Kratz, the Canadian Kyle, center as well. Kyle Bailey there? Kyle Bailey's injured. I think he's traveling with Canada anyway, so he's not going to play. Eric Howard. I mean, you know, there's just too many bodies, and they're, they're just too – the situation is just too difficult for them to be traveling over to L.A. against that team, even a depleted L.A. Uh, I just – and I so wasn't – you're picking Nola. Uh, you know, I'd like to pick Nola, but I can't. i got to go with L.A. in this one. Yeah. Dan – you know, yeah, will, hard, the, will, the, will, the, will the loss of Darren Coleman or the announcement that he is going back 
to Australia be enough to weigh in? No. Mm -mm. No, I think it'll almost have the opposite effect, right? Like where with New England, they're out of the playoffs with now they're like, let's win it for DC. Let's send him out a winner. So totally, totally different situation. But for me, this was always going to come down to the set piece and the line out of LA is so good. And Cam Dolan is so good at spoiling good line outs and he's gone. So I'm not sure who Nola are going to throw up in the air to compete with, you know, Ash, Dennis, uh, Den Hoot, all those guys who are Nate Osborne. Nate Osborne is going to have to go into the basement and pull out something special here. This will be a coaching masterstroke if they can get the win on the road. No, be, I meant they be, would throw him up in the lineup. They may have to. Yeah. They may With have his to. cap. <laughs> I did like <laughs> his cap. I like him and the Peaky Blinder brothers, him and Ryan Martin, yeah. looking very sharp. So, yeah, hard to, hard to go against L.A. in this one, Matthew. Yeah, I'm going with L.A. too. Uh, as Dan pointed out off camera, they could mathematically be eliminated from the playoffs, but I, that we all know that that is not going to happen. And I think they're just going to have some fun at the expense of Nola at home and win big. But, you know, that's not saying a lot, is it? And it's not, ta- it's not taking away from Nola, whose roster was depleted before the season happened and now the international tests have just really rendered them pretty thin but la is going to be exciting to watch before we let you go guys uh who's going to be in the final and who can beat la geez well i i I think uh you know utah if they make it to to that western conference final i think they could maybe uh beat la and i like atl's chances against uh, uh la too frankly as well so uh uh, you know, I, I think uh, most people would probably bet on an L.A. ATL file at this point. And you know what? As an Eastern Conference guy, I'm leaning towards ATL. Dan, ATL lost twice to New York. Yeah. And, and New I York mean, beat L.A. If, it's, uh, if it comes into the semifinal, New York won down in Atlanta too. So if Atlanta holds that number one seed, New York are comfortable going down there and winning that game. Yeah, but Brian's probably right. Like the safe money is on ATL, LA in the final. But we've seen it so many times. Once you get into those final situation, bounce the ball, something weird happens. You know, if you're New Zealand in 1995, random food poisoning runs through your camp in the host country who end up going on and winning it. Uh, who it's left stuck the in the Highland Tunnel in New Jersey. Yeah. Hey, yo, how you doing? Nice boss. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. Like you ran out of gas. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, LA, ATL is the safe money right now. But who knows? We'll see what happens next three weeks. All right. All right. I'm I'm, uh, I'm very excited about this. You know, I, I I never thought that they would get all the games in. They've gotten all the games in. They've flourished. They've been exciting. They've got pennant races, as you would refer to it in baseball. And you got a lot of teams mathematically still alive, despite everything. It's just remarkable, and it's been great. And you guys have been great. So thank you. And on that note, I want to thank Mr. Dan Power and Mr. Brian Ray. Gentlemen, thank you. We'll see you next week, and we'll see you next week as well, ladies and gentlemen. But in the meantime, check out our other segments, including The Rugby Odds, featuring WWE Hall of Famer John Bradshaw Layfield, the world's best sports better ever in the Philly Godfather, and Rugby's Gift, Gift A. Bailu, our Major League Rugby show, Martial Law, The Zack Attack, and please sign up for our Rugby Wrap-Up Red Cross Blood Donor Team.